Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the GVG cast. We have made it to Friday, everybody. We have made it to the weekend. I'm so excited. Ooh. As always, I'm your host, Ash Paulson, and I'm joined today by my good friend and GVG co-founder, Steve Bowling, as well as our superstar art director, Daniel Alba. Steve, Daniel, how's it going, guys? Oh, it's good. Happy Friday, man. <laughs> Happy yep. Friday, you we made guys. It. it is definitely, uh, yeah, as you all know, we're starting a bit late today. Uh, that is for myriad reasons. Uh, unfortunately, our compatriot Derek injured his finger right before the show. He cut his finger. I don't know what it is with you guys. Steve, it's... you almost cut your finger off a few weeks ago, and now yeah. Derek, it's, it's he, I guess he cut his finger so bad he passed out, right? The dangerous lies over here. Yeah, Amy was telling us that he cut his finger so bad when he was making dinner that he actually passed out. And he's fortunately okay now, but he's not feeling up to doing the show. Yeah. So that kind of threw a wrench in our plans, of course. And then uh, I had a big report to submit for my day job today that just took quite a while. And so we were all just kind of running a little late today, just you know, kind of running around like chickens with our heads cut off. But we're here now. We're, we've made it to the weekend. We've made it to GVG cast, and we are here to hang out with all of you fine folks. Uh, how's your week been, guys? It has been pretty good. I've I've been. Nice. Uh, it's nice to be back home. I I I watched our last episode that I did for my sister's house, and I was like cringing so hard at like the audio quality coming from me because I I had like my old game explain mic like sitting on a table. It was just oh man, I the the lack of upgrades was felt. <laughs> oh man. um. Something I do want to make clear to everyone right off the bat, I should have mentioned this earlier, is that we will not be talking about Sonic 2 spoilers. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel and I have seen it, but Steve has not. And we know a lot of you out there have not yet either. So we're, we wouldn't dream of spoiling it for you. Uh, we are going to talk about its successful launch so far and, and, and stuff around it, but we would never spoil it for you. So don't worry about that. Uh, Daniel, how's yeah. your week, man? Um, was good. You know, other than seeing Sonic last night... Um... Oh, that was a great time, but I also have been just playing some games lately. I just I mentioned I, I beat Horizon Forbidden West just the other day. Um, Jealous. Great, great game. I, I know you're trying. I know you're struggling to get through that because it's such a long game. It's if you so want to go long, through, like... and I have to do all the side quests because they're all most of them are so good. I don't want to. I did everything in Horizon Zero Dawn, and I just I want to do everything in this game as well. So right. slow and yeah. steady wins the race, I guess, huh? Yeah, it's amazing how much you can just kind of. You see your waypoint and you're you're on the way there and you can yeah. get caught in like two or three side quests on the way that are pretty substantial like in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, it just it just yeah. kind of takes some some pushing through if you want to get through it towards the end. But right, yeah, right. I'm playing that um doing it, it, it you know, I was a bit lonely this week cuz uh on um the uh, Good Vibes Arcade, uh Brandon's been busy working on stuff for this channel for for stuff that you know we're we're getting prepped for and uh, I went solo for for two streams in a row and, and it's, it's a little scary. It's a little scary and lonely to stream on your own, but um, it, it is right. It can be, yeah. Felt different, but we pushed through it. We 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 made it happen. So, thankfully, I'm playing yeah. Majora's Mask, which I can always talk about. So that's a good nice, a good thing nice to talk about. <laughs> well, and I'm glad you brought up Horizon Forbidden West, man, because as it turns out, one of our incredibly generous community members, Nova the Artist, yeah. uh, donated a code for Horizon Forbidden West to give away to. Uh, somebody, some lucky person in our Discord community. And we actually just kicked off that uh, giveaway right before the start of the show. And if you want to get in on that, head on over to patreon.com slash gvgaming where you can join our Discord just for a dollar. Just a, a dollar gets you into our Discord and you don't have to keep paying a dollar to stay in it. That buy-in just wards off all the trolls and bad faith actors. But uh, yeah, we're always looking to welcome more awesome people in our community. And if you want to get maybe get a free copy of Horizon, 
check us out on Patreon. Um, but uh, yeah, so over here, it's been kind of a hectic week, you know, day job stuff, GBG work, uh, keeping me busy, but uh, I am slowly getting back to Horizon. I have 100%ed Kirby now, and uh, I loved it. But Steve, I know you're feeling a little bit different about that, <laughs> about Kirby, <laughs> from from my yeah, uh, from how I am. And for me, I gotta say, it is definitely a top five Kirby game, but I'm thinking it's probably a top three Kirby game for me. Uh, I just think it was an absolutely delightful, cozy, wonderful experience that gets really crazy in that awesome Kirby way toward the end. And uh, but I know you have divergent thoughts on that. I, so I do. Uh, Steve, take I me do. through how you're feeling about Kirby, man. Kirby is a game, <laughs> and I feel like uh, I'm not. I'm to be clear, I'm not saying it's a bad game, but I definitely got swept up in the hype from the Kirby community more than I probably should have. Uh, because mm -hmm. once I played it, and I think I think the most deflating thing was that it was like, oh god, like this game's gonna be game of the year, and I played it, and I was like, it's all right it's an okay game this is a fun time waster like i never felt like oh shit like i need to finish this game right now what's gonna happen next uh spoiler alert he's just gonna eat shit like he's gonna eat more things that's what kirby <laughs> does he runs around and he eats things and the game never becomes even mildly difficult even in the post game it's not even approaching difficult wait and the last... did you get 100 i i played through several of the end game levels but I literally, like, I could have played these high and half asleep. Like, they're not that hard. They're really not that hard. And I, I want to see you try to get 100% and then talk to me. Oh, I, boy. I mean, I will <laughs> try, but I'm, you got to remember, I'm playing fucking Elden Ring right now. Like, oh, I am true. not, yeah. I am not afraid of Kirby at this moment in time. Right. I literally ran away from a giant skeleton shooting Kamehameha's last night. I'm just <laughs> not freaking out about Kirby. Also, Real quick, I'm, no spoilers here, but that last boss fight runs at, like, 5 FPS on a good day. Like, what is going on with the last boss? I won't even talk about the mechanics so that we don't go there, but it performs like trash. Like, it is... The rest of the game is fine, but that last boss encounter was I'm so I'm not sure which frightening. one you're talking about. Uh, yeah, because like, I... Uh... Uh... And I don't Essentially want to spoil Kirby's oh, yeah. take on chaos from Sonic Adventure is what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that boss runs... Oh, good. That boss just runs terribly. Also, it is like yeah. one of the least threatening bosses in the entire game, which is wildly disappointing in my opinion. Like, I literally is... just had to run with Kirby's gun and then like pick a shot, take the shot, run some more, <laughs> take more shots. And I, I literally... He telegraphs his attacks so much that you can see him coming from space. Like I was, uh -huh. I was just like, "Oh, he's he's okay." I'm gonna list to the left, and then I'm gonna shoot. Well, him I will in his say, face. I will say, Kirby's not really meant to be difficult until the very, very end of in-game stuff. So, I mean, it, the fact that it was very easy for you isn't surprising. It was, you know, I think it's easy for most of us. Um, sure. But for me. I just found it to be a cozy, delightful experience. I want to play more of it. I want more. St I don't care if they're challenging or not. I just, I, I let the, I let the visuals and the music wash over me. I love Kirby as a character. I think the combat's really fun. Yeah, it's not that hard until you're doing the very, very end game stuff. But I gotta say, and this is weird because I'm really sensitive to performance dips, and it seems as though a lot of people in chat agree that they didn't experience any performance problems in the final boss fight, and I know I didn't. 
So all, all I can say I is I was playing co-op in docked mode on my Switch OLED, which runs oh. everything else perfectly, and That's I definitely so experienced slowdown. Hmm. Like I not your traditional slowdown either. It was uh hmm. but it was definitely like at times the, the boss would drop and it would drop to like ten or fifteen FPS. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe co-op is the reason because my sister was playing as yeah. well D with me. But I mean, in a game designed around the ability to play co-op, yeah. like that shouldn't be a thing that happens. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, Ditto M says they played the final boss in co-op and got nothing. That's, that's really that's I'm, really I'm weird. Really my curious. my experience Angel. was really poor. I mean, hmm. but regardless, well, I, yeah. like I I still think you know just. It's weird. I was talking about this last night, and and I'm going to throw some shade on Elden Ring, too. I don't think that there is... I think right now my game of the year contender list is one game long, and it's Horizon. Mm. That's it. I haven't Mm. played anything else this year Mm. that I would even put in contention against Horizon, and that includes Kirby. That includes Elden Ring, which I... I mean, I could I could talk for thirty minutes about how Elden Ring is not a game of the year contender, but um, there are so <laughs> many obvious glaring flaws in that game that people just paper over because it's Elden Ring, like right the whole multiplayer system, like the entirety of it mm-hmm. is just bad mm-hmm. and weird and wrong. Uh, well, I do agree with you on that though. I as much as I love Kirby and I really do love it, and it could end up being a top three of the year for me, but it's definitely. It's not gonna dethrone Horizon Forbidden West for me. I haven't even finished Horizon, and I know that so far that is my game of the year. I think it's just absolutely stupendous. Uh, but Kirby might make my top three. I really, really, really liked it a lot. Um, loved it, and I hope there's DLC. I want like free post-game content. I just want to play more of it. But no, I hear you, man. Horizon is it for me so far. We'll see how the rest of the year goes, but I totally feel you on that. Yeah, I, I I just think that you know it's it's a good game, not a great game. That's that's where I would sure, sure. I would put it solidly at like Nintendo's B tier efforts, and that's not a terrible mm-hmm. thing. It's just that I don't really like I don't come away with it thinking ten years from now I'm gonna play this again. Like I played it and I'll put it on the shelf and I'll probably never play it again, and that's okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Gotcha. I just like some of the. Oh, go ahead, uh, Daniel. <clears throat> oh no, I'm just agreeing because like. Um, I'm not like all the way up there on on Kirby as as with everybody, but I don't think I'm, I'm down as as Steve is. Like I'm probably somewhere in the middle between you guys as far as how much I I like like enjoyed and appreciate the game. Like I love Kirby. Like like this is a really good introduction to a 3D like uh, environment for Kirby. I I couldn't get it out of my head while I was playing that it was like I was playing um some kind of GameCube era game because like the. Hmm. the the, the 3d aspect like it, it came very late for kirby like we're so many years away from when other other right. games and other uh series have been able to implement into 3d like the golden era of that with like mario 64 zelda like donkey kong they were all within that same um time frame of, of doing it but then kirby comes in very late so i think in comparison to what came before kirby we're looking at it and it's like oh my god it's doing something completely new when in the grand sure. scheme of video games it's like well it's just a, a 3d implementation and it right. it pretty much plays exactly how i expected it would uh, a 3d kirby game would play so it's not like surprising but i, I guess it's just hard for me to disassociate the fact that yeah this is a, a game that uh, this is a franchise that's never done what it's doing here before, but it's also doing not doing anything supremely new and, and mm-hmm. surprising. So it's just a bunch of little stuff like that that comes into play. But I still enjoy Kirby for what it is. It's still a great game in my opinion. Yeah. Um, that's just my like like pers- perspective of it though. 
And one of my favorite things about Kirby as a series is, is, and you Kirby fans out there know what I'm talking about, when the game starts to get a little weird and a little creepy toward the end, and you know we have some new oh, eldritch yeah. abomination for Kirby to deal with, and this game, and it gets super hyper anime, and Forgotten Land delivers on that in spades. It takes a while to get there, but once you get there, the nightmare <laughs> fuel stuff starts happening, and uh, and you get some great pretty moments. cool anime fights, and uh, I I just I love the way it all turns out, but uh, but no, I get it. It's definitely not going to land the same for everyone, and I totally respect that. Um, actually, the coolest thing that I want to mention about Kirby before we move on doesn't even have to do with, with the Forgotten Land. Did you guys know that Kirby, well, Meta Knight specifically, had, now has won a Grammy. He has more. He has more Grammys now <laughs> than than uh, Sia, than Tupac, than than a few other uh, Nicki Minaj, than a few other <laughs> big music artists I can name. Meta Knight right. won. There is a big band uh, cover of Meta Knight's Revenge from Kirby Superstar that won a Grammy last week. And I had no idea the Grammys recognized video game music. They should, they always should have, but I didn't know they did. And apparently they do. So I yeah. love that it was uh, Kirby. <laughs> I know, well. I love that. I love that Kirby's, yeah, that, that Meta Knight won a Grammy for Kirby. And uh, that's just the coolest thing. I mean, you guys know me, I love video game music to death. So to see it get recognized, uh, you know, in a, in a big way like that outside of Japan, uh, even though we've already come so far from the way it used to be, like in the 90s and aughts, uh, to see it recognized in such a way outside of Japan is really cool. Um, but before we get on, move on too much, we do have a sponsor for today's episode, and that is our good friend, The Game Orb. The Game Orb is a YouTube channel that brings commentary and gameplay footage from the Nintendo Switch and Xbox Series X gaming systems. While games like Splatoon 2, Sonic Colors Ultimate, and Super Mario 64 can be seen on the channel, along with others, The Game Orb will also now be adding Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu to the gaming collection. So be sure to subscribe to The Game Orb at the link in the description. And as always, I'm also going to uh, post it in our YouTube chat. But uh, yeah, personally, I don't watch award shows like the Grammys or the Oscars or whatever, but I have so many people blowing up my mentions on Twitter like, dude, did you hear Kirby won a, won a Grammy? I'm like, that is awesome. That's amazing. I don't think a video game's won a Grammy since Journey, Journey soundtrack. I think that's the last time a video game's won a Grammy award before. Which I'm... is criminal. Yeah, Absolutely criminal. A long gap in between. We, we, we got to yeah. fill out more right. video games in this category. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, uh, the game orb. Thank you so much, as always, yeah. for your you know incredible support of everything we've been doing since the very beginning. Please, everybody, if you love what we do here at GBG, please go check out the game orb's content and subscribe to their channel. They literally have been supporting us from day one uh, with the sponsorship tier and our Patreon. So please go show them all the love. Uh, and with that said, speaking of love, we have some super chats. So to get us started off there, uh, our good friend Jaden Buck with $5. Thank you very much. Uh, Crazy Question Fridays. Wait a minute, Jaden. Didn't last week, didn't you say you were replacing Crazy Question Fridays with normal Question Fridays? I feel like I've been lied to. What's <laughs> happening? Uh, Crazy Question Fridays, crazy question number 33. What would you say is the most disgusting food combination in the world? Oh, man. Ooh. I mean, there are so many contenders, right? But I will say, as someone who tends to put sriracha on everything, I have heard there are people out there who put sriracha on their ice cream, and I will oh, never no. do that. That sounds so gross to me. I don't know why anybody does it. I will not be. So I'm going to go with two things I love separately, but together, uh-uh. Sriracha and ice cream, never happening oh, no. for me. What about no, you guys? No. That, that's not something not... I can ever 
I, I can't even no, humor the thought of something like that ever. No, <laughs> um, I geez, I don't know. Um, pineapples and pizza? I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say that. Oh, <laughs> choosing violence. Oh, boy. Whoa. I don't think I don't think I have. Why would you put fruit on your pizza? Like, just, Thank just, you. Come on. No, I'm, I'm, it's not, it's, delicious. It's not a no. serious answer, but um, <laughs> okay, gosh, gosh. I can't think of anything else really right now for for like a, a disgusting food combination. Oh my god! Um, I would ask Steve, what's what's your opinion on this one? Oh man, um, that's so I'm a I'm a notoriously uh -oh. picky. You there, eater. man? I think. Uh oh, Did Steve I might be muted. I, I don't actually don't see or hear Steve. Oh, everybody can him, hear me, but you but guys. That's weird. That's a weird thing to have to say. Everybody can That's see. Odd. All no. right. Well, while we figure that out, I will uh, go ahead and move on to another super chat, <laughs> and Steve here. can update us when he's when he's back. Oh, weird. Yeah, you, everybody oh, can see me, but you guys can hear Wait. him, but I cannot. And Daniel, you I can't, can't hear me either. He blipped out of weird. existence from our chat here. Yeah. So for those of you wondering, yeah. Uh, in our video ninja room but the rest of you can hear him and he hasn't gone anywhere that's so weird he hasn't oh no <laughs> i know i would say oh no oh no all right sorry folks uh shellshock prime thinks it's a discord for this actually we're using uh video ninja so the important thing is that the show is still going and the stream's still running so i'll go ahead and keep things going with super chats until hopefully we can start hearing steve again because the rest of you can but we can't um let's see next up is hustle bun with nine dollars and 99 cents thank you so much for your generosity and i love that a link to the past bunny land and that's great all right uh saying i hope there oh, you are you back hey yes, nice. i'm back hear you sorry sorry about that folks so for those of you wondering i okay. i run the show if you're watching obs you can see me all the time but these guys are in are in a video ninja chat room so they couldn't see me for a few minutes which is why though y'all <laughs> could see me they couldn't uh but we're back chrome is terrible and we couldn't hear you either for some reason it was very strange oh chrome crashed um, like so my web browser crashed oh, but thankfully gotcha. obs and everything was okay. fine yeah cool, cool, um, cool. so real quick all right uh, well. bad food is like just balut. It's not a combination technically, but it is a hat or it is a fully formed uh, duck fetus still inside the unhatched egg. <laughs> um, God, that's gross. Excuse me while I vomit to the side here. And they're like, usually stored. I'm not, I'm not messing with you at all. They're normally stored at room temperature. I found like I was in a oh, supermarket no. and I just saw a crate of eggs sitting in a corner and I was like, why are these eggs, like, not refrigerated? And why are they just kind of stacked in this dingy corner? And it turned out they all had little baby ducks in them that you could eat. I'm never going to uh, do it. I, I that... joke about it constantly, but there's no way I could ever do it. Hope no one that was is, eating. That sounds incredibly gross. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, that that is something I will never be eating with or without any other combination. Oh, yeah. Ash, just put no, some sriracha no on it. I'm sure it'll be fun. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that'll probably make it better. God, I would. I, there's just something like you know, people love caviar, but like the you know, you know fish roe. But the fact that they literally are just little fish eggs, I just I'm sure they're. I'm sure caviar is great if you're fancier than I am. Oh, caviar. But just knowing what it is, 
I can't caviar do it. Yeah. is one of those things that made my skin crawl but I went to like a really fancy dinner one time and they topped mm-hmm. uh they topped whatever I was eating I can't even remember with caviar and I was mortified that I was gonna have to eat it and <laughs> I did and it was delicious it was re- like I Fair wouldn't enough. go out and buy really? caviar for myself but I wouldn't shy away from it any longer it was actually quite right good. right all right well, uh, moving on to our next super chat, uh, Hustlebun with nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Oh, Thank you so much for your sad. generosity. Uh, saying, "I hope Derek is okay." Sounds like GVG needs a white mage. Yes, we do. <laughs> if everyone yes. had a job class, <laughs> i.e., Final Fantasy Tactics, what would everyone be? P.S. Uh, R.I.P. to Greg Miller's sweet little dachshund Portillo. I didn't know that he had lost his little dog. That's oh, I'm so sorry, Greg. Uh, well, all all our love to you. Losing a dog or any any yeah. furry friend so, or any animal friend is one of the hardest things you can go through that's just uh yeah yeah, well, yeah. i want to take a minute to on this one just because i've met portillo and i've you know i, I we've both oh, met greg portillo. Portillo. yeah portillo. so portillo is named after after greg's favorite restaurant which is portillo's which there's one oh. down the street from my house cool um because portillo looks like a hot dog and portillo is known for their hot dogs I see. so um but i just want to say like you know i i've met both Greg and Portillo. I've actually taken Portillo for a walk with Greg in the past. Aww. And so I just want to say, like, I know how much he loved that dog and how much Portillo meant to him as like a member of mm. his family, you know, and he was right there alongside Greg and Jen's newly born son. And like, it, it was just, you know, to him, it's gotta be, you know, wildly similar to losing a child. And I just, I hope he's okay out there, Greg, if you ever see this clip, uh, we yeah. love you, man. Uh, so sorry to hear about the loss of Portillo. He was an awesome, awesome dog, and I know how much you loved him. Absolutely. As as Nova the Artist in our live audience chat says, pets are a part of the family no matter what anyone says, and you are so right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all our, all our love to you, Greg. Uh, and then to circle back to your question, Hustlebun, uh, which, if, if we all had a job class, i.e. Final Fantasy Tactics, what would we all be? I hmm. don't know. Um, I want to say I'd be like a ninja or a samurai because I think those are really cool job classes. But I can't say I'd actually be a good ninja or samurai. Um, it's like a I'd be like a lancer. I always loved the dragoon class. Those are really cool. Oh, that's a good one. A I should have. I should have gotten that one. It's too late. I do love lancers. <laughs> no. Um, you know what? Monks tend to be pretty OP in, in Final Fantasy Tactics. So, uh, or or monks in general, I feel like tend to be kind of OP. So I'll go with monk. I like all their, you know, they can they can attack barehanded. They can do cool chakra stuff and yeah. Could be a, I'll, could I'll, be like a geomancer or something. There you go. Yeah. Well, no, geomancers kind of suck though. Oh I think, well. I I mean, <laughs> if we were if we were going actually based on real life and real skills i would not be any class i'd be a shopkeeper or something but nice uh, <laughs> so i'm gonna base this on what i would want to be and that would be a soldier because in final fantasy yeah. tactics cloud was a soldier so ah, i like to think nice. i'd be cloud. <laughs> nice i love it uh well speaking of our good friend nova the artist they came through with a super chat thank you so much for ten dollars uh saying hey everyone at good vibes gaming long time no see this ten dollars is for ash to treat himself when i wreck him at mario party <laughs> superstars on sunday yes oh, we have a we have a double link fight of founder session coming up on sunday we're going to be playing uh two games of mario party superstars with two other folks in the community and i'm looking forward to that but i gotta say nova We've had preview. You know this. We've had previous Fighter Founder sessions in which I emerged victorious. So 
I'm just saying, I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but you better bring it. It sounds like you'll, it, you'll have to give him back that $10 if he wins. It sounds like you guys exactly. just placed a bet. Yeah. Yeah. Those sessions are really um, fun when I, when I joined in. You, you probably have a good one with that one. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, but I'm looking forward to it, Nova. Thank you. Uh, and uh, one more super chat for now, and then we'll go ahead and move on with the show for a little bit. But don't worry. As always, I will read out the rest of the super chats throughout the show. Uh, Caesar. Uh, with a three in the name instead of the E. Thank you so much for ten dollars. Uh, saying hot take here, but do you guys think that Metroid Prime Four will be a duo duo release on Switch and Nintendo's next gen console in the same vein as Breath of the Wild? Love you guys. Keep up the great content. Um, I could see it. I I, I do think that Metroid Prime Four probably won't arrive until the next iteration of the Switch, whether that's the Switch Pro or 4K or whatever it is. But it it feels like Metroid Prime Four is going to come out even after Breath of the Wild Two, and we now know that Breath of the Wild Two is not coming until Spring 2023. So I could see it maybe being a dual release. How do you guys feel about this? No, I'm I I think it depends on how you define next gen console. I think if you're talking about the Switch successor, like whatever comes after Switch, no way, not a chance. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I think that Nintendo will release an updated or upgraded Switch maybe as soon as the end of this year, probably early next year though. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that I that that would be a a really good a prime contender, if you will, for for a prime <laughs> four um, kind of sidestep, you know, or, or cross console thing but to be clear i think if we're talking about you know a switch pro that that's just going to play everything so it's not necessarily like a pro game i think it's just everything runs a little bit better on this new console um mm -hmm. but nintendo's next gen stuff i would i would what i would call next gen i don't think will be out till late 2024 mid 2025 and i think that will be something that will probably not be called the switch but will carry all the mm -hmm. same hallmarks of what we have because i think nintendo has designed themselves into a corner you can't come back from i agree what they've done yeah yeah I, I think as you said at the earliest we'll probably see whatever iteration comes after this this switch at the earliest within two years three years or so um if they, if they want to push along that way but i feel like this year we might see um we, we might see some news on we've been saying this every year for who knows how long but we, we might see some news on metric prime 4 um i feel like we'll get something on the previous the, the actual metric prime trilogy this year so that next year maybe it'll be set up to have a release next year and if they, they have a switch pro by the end of like holiday next year even or, or mm -hmm. at some point then that seems like a, a good pace to, to, to frame it out especially after the success of metroid dread Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like Agreed. Nintendo doesn't have the faith that they probably should have in Metroid to make it like a console, like a game that they pin a console with. I think Zelda mm -hmm. and Mario are pretty much the only franchises that Nintendo is confident enough in the performance of. Well, and Pokemon. And to, Pokemon. To, mm -hmm. you know, say, hey, we're going to launch a console and this is like the game that, that we're going to launch it with. Nintendo mm -hmm. is probably coming around on Metroid following Dread because Dread did amazingly but yeah. i mean historically they've not been very bullish on on metroid's performance and i i would suspect that we're not going to see them take that that big of a step with it until mm -hmm. you know who knows when I, i'll just say some not sure. in the foreseeable future for me yeah i agree uh no i i think I, I think that sounds like a solid take and uh i especially with what you said steve and i think we've talked about this before 
like you said, they designed themselves into a corner with the Switch. There's really anything they do at from here that isn't a portable console is going to feel like a step down just by virtue of the fact that it's no longer portable and no longer has that form factor of being this really impressive portable console that also happens to put out some pretty amazingly, even five years on, some pretty damn great looking games on the big screen too. Obviously not to the level of, you know, your PS5s or your Xbox series consoles, but, you know, games like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and, and Smash still look great to my eyes, even five oh, yeah. years on. So, yeah. No, I think, I think, and that's mm-hmm. what I, what I kind of talk about when I'm referring about Nintendo's kind of like their, their A or S tier efforts and their B tier efforts. Like I think Kirby is a mm-hmm. solid and pretty game. But mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't give me that holy wow, how is this running on the switch kind of feeling like sure, know, sure. Like That's even fair. Mario Odyssey did, and that was a launch year game. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a totally fair. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and talk about a little of the news. Not that there was much news this week, really. Uh, And we we called this episode uh, a Starcross week for sequels because really this week's news cycle has been dominated by two sequels in particular. Of course, one of them being Sonic 2, the movie, uh, and the others being the launch of Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. And uh, I think it's that first one I want to start with uh, because it unfortunately has not had the best launch uh, it's yeah. there have been pretty significant performance problems reported on all platforms. Although, from what I understand, a day one patch for the Switch uh, helped alleviate some of those performance issues. But I have to say, as someone who has played the Switch version now myself, not a lot of it, but some of it, it's still not great. And I'm like, y- y'all, this is a PS1 game running on modern hardware. Not that porting is easy, and and I know that uh, PS1 games like Chrono Cross's ilk. You know, represent unique porting challenges, but this game seems to run worse than it did back on the original PS1. And this is a game that I love and have so near dear, near and dear to my heart. And Steve, I know you feel the same way, man. Uh, have you gotten a chance to play Chrono Cross at all yet? I so our good friends at Xbox sent me a code for Chrono Cross, kind of out of the blue. They're like, "Hey, do you want to play it on Xbox?" And I was like, "I'll play mm-hmm. it anywhere. That's fine." <laughs> Uh, so yeah. I started I started it up and I watched the intro animation, but it was like midnight last night when I started it. And I thought, okay, well, this is an RPG. And if I start this now, I'm not going to bed till like two or three. So I opted to just not do that. So I haven't played uh, much of the game at all. I've, I've literally just seen the first like five minutes. Uh, and mm-hmm. it looked fine to me, but this is Chrono Cross, not Trigger. So I'm, I'm coming from a place of ignorance. I've watched people play chrono cross you know but i've Mm -hmm. never played it myself oh for some reason Um, i thought you'd play chrono cross as well i don't know why. no no i watched my brother play through it in the in the old olden days you know on Mm -hmm. on the ps1 but i never played it myself um you know i've mentioned previously that i'm like a big uh character design person and if i don't Mm -hmm. like the design of the pro tag of the game like it's really hard for me to pick it up and play it um okay so I don't really dig the design of the main character of Chrono Cross very much. I think he's okay. kind of off-putting. Um, <laughs> off-putting, okay. The the whole, like, I don't know what it is. Like, he's, I think he's wearing, like, a bandana. It makes his head look really large. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I, I'm, uh-huh. I'm going to, I'm going to set that aside this time and actually play through the game. Um, you should. But yeah, and that's what I've been told. Also, it's just interesting for me in terms of like historical preservation because now we have Radical Dreamers, which you know was yes. I played a fan translation of that in ZSNES way back when. Uh, uh-huh. I, w- I would like to play an official release, so that's really cool, and I'm looking forward to doing that. But 
Uh, I did do a little bit of research on the performance issues, and it's really interesting. Uh, this is another forever game, isn't it? I don't believe so. I think the rumors were that forever were working on a remaster, but I think this was done in house. I could be wrong. Oh, I could, I could Stay. just be basing that off of old, old. Yeah. Chamber. I think that's yeah. just the rumor. Uh, no, okay. It was D4 enterprise helped apparently. Gotcha. So what I'm, what D4 I'm reading enterprise. here, and this is, this is interesting. Um, they they mentioned so some folks that have been troubleshooting the game mentioned that it is a frame rate limiter that's causing all the problems apparently oh. there is a very poorly coded frame rate limiter built into chrono cross so that it doesn't run too fast on all this new hardware um and folks that have the pc version have been able to use like other third-party tools like if you have an nvidia gpu you can limit the frame rates of your games to specific values outside of the game um, and people have been noting that if they limit it manually to 30 FPS, which is, you know, the target that the PS1 version ran at, that the game runs yeah. fine, stops crashing, frame rate is smooth and even across the board. So they're saying that however Square Enix ported this, they like put in some kind of tool of their own to limit the frame rate that just doesn't work. And it's causing the frame rate to jump all over the place. Mm -hmm. I see. Okay, well... Yeah, I had read I had read a little bit about the the frame. I didn't read it in those terms of frame rate limiter, but I had read something about that. That and and so for you to kind of explain it in those terms is very helpful, uh, because I'd actually heard, I guess prior to that, that the PC version actually was the worst off of them all, which really makes no sense. Um, but it's <laughs> it's great that you know through the use of mods and such and being able to dig into the game that they've been able to make it run better on PC. Um, but it's just, it's such a shame. Chrono Cross is such a special game. Uh, Daniel, have you, did you play it back on PS1 or are you going to play it now or where are you at on Chrono Cross? Uh, I have like exactly two games for the PS1, like physically. I have Final Fantasy VIII and Chrono Cross. Don't ask why. Those are the two <laughs> ones I have. <laughs> All right. But I, I, um, I, I think I played like at least more than half of Chrono Cross on the PS1 back way back then. And I, I want to try and give this one a chance, but then I hear all this topic about, just unoptimized sort of uh, uh, features with this game. I'm just like, what is Square doing this year with 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 such a a roller coaster of quality in their titles right now? Um, but but right. yeah, I, I definitely want to give this another shot again. Um, and just, just like with Steve, I, I kind of experienced the rest of the game through someone else. So hopefully, I can get on that and 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 really delve into it because I love Chrono Trigger as well. I played Chrono Trigger a few times way back then, like on on the DS itself, but um mm -hmm. it's, it's something i want to just experience more because i i love i i love the world of this game and the music is so good like like yesenori oh, masuda yeah. is like on point with both soundtracks and it's it's so good to hear chrono cross has bar none one of the greatest soundtracks of all time i mean so does chrono trigger of course uh the chrono cross mm -hmm. has an incredibly unique soundtrack i would say and it definitely is standout and uh i just i love this game i mean steve knows this he and i both consider chrono trigger one of our favorite games of all time. I know it's it is my favorite game of all time. I think it's one of yours, Steve. And Chrono Cross is a very divisive sequel. Uh, but I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I fall on the very positive side of that divide. Uh, just know going in that if you're playing it as a sequel to Chrono Trigger, there there are some pacing issues. It takes a little while to for the story to really get going, especially as a sequel to Chrono Trigger. But once it does, you better strap in because it it really just kicks ass all the way to the end. And I, I can't wait to replay this game. 
I'm I think really that's part of. I think that's part of why I stopped was because like, is this really related to Chrono Trigger? And at, the, at yeah. whatever point it was at, it's just like it doesn't feel like the sequel yeah. that I was looking for. So yeah, I just got to get another shot. Yeah, it definitely is very much its own thing as well. Like, it, I would say it's really mm -hmm. not until the second half of the game that it starts, that the Chrono Trigger sequel content really starts coming in, you know, hard and fast. So okay, you got to stick you. with it. But I, I do think that the first half of the game, just as a standalone RPG that doesn't get too much into the weeds with Chrono Trigger stuff, is still a great game in its own right. You just got to be patient for the, the, the Chrono Trigger stuff to start coming in. But mm -hmm. uh, speaking of strapping in, uh, there's another sequel to talk about this week. And like I said, we're not going to talk spoilers. Only a few of us here at GVG have seen it so far, and a bunch of you out there haven't seen it yet. But Sonic 2 uh, comes out today. It released uh, actually, well, it released a week ago in the UK, so John's already seen it. And uh, preview screenings uh, started here in the US on Wednesday, and I actually saw it with my wife last night. And uh, like I said, I'm not going to spoil anything. All I'll say is... I had a big ass goofy smile on my face the whole time, and I loved it. And that's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Steve, uh, great. I'm so excited for you, man. I can't, I can't wait to wait. talk so about excited. it with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I really. So, for those of you that are wondering, we will at some point do a spoiler cast on Sonic Two uh, to Absolutely. talk about the movie in detail. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I am very excited. Um, I was I was uh, very pleasantly surprised with the original movie. Uh, so I have no reason to not want to see this one. Um, the only bummer for me is that uh, for those of you that, you know, have followed my existence is, you know, my kids are here half the time. And this is like the perfect movie to go see with my kids. And I feel bad oh, for, for sure. not waiting for them. But I have to go see it. I don't <laughs> want to wait another week. So I'm going to go yeah. see it without them. And then I'll probably just take them again later to go see it like a second time for me. Um, mm hmm. But yeah, I I think, you know, what I've seen of the movie, obviously through trailers and whatever's available on social media, it looks fantastic. Uh, Tails looks good. Knuckles looks good. That is not news to anybody who's been watching GVG cast or, or TNT before it. Um, you know, we've all been really hyped for this movie. Um, but I do want... Juan Delgado in our uh, live audience chat says, will it be better than the Mario movie, though? And since I have been on the prediction train for Sonic, I'm going <laughs> to say yes. I'm going to say that I the Sonic so. movie will be quite a quite a bit better than the mario movie i think the mario movie is gonna skew far more toward uh the young like children audience than than probably many folks are expecting i agree i i would be personally i would be shocked if the mario movie ended up being anywhere near as good as sonic 2. uh we'll see i could be wrong and uh, to be fair we're, we're working with limited knowledge with sonic 2 yeah. because or sorry with mario because we don't really we haven't seen anything of it yet. All we know is we're getting a weird Chris Pratt version of Mario. I think we need to see a trailer before we can really start to formulate any coherent thoughts on it. But yeah. right. I will say Sonic 2 sets the bar really high, in my opinion. Really high. And I already want to see it again. I like my wife and I were both were like, we don't really go to like see movies more than once, especially in theaters. But like we were like, we kind of want to just go see it again. Like, as soon as we can, that's how much we enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk, you know, spoilers with you guys. Probably next week we'll do a spoiler cast about it. But, uh, but yeah, but uh, fortunately, it is doing well. It's actually outpacing the first Sonic movie in its preview week. Uh, it grossed $6.25 million on Wednesday and Thursday preview screenings alone, uh, which is 
Uh, and then Sonic 2 actually grossed 5 million on Thursday alone, which is 66% higher than what Sonic 1 was able to achieve in the same period. But of course, you have to take the pandemic to account. You know, that was just Sonic 1 came out right at the very start of the pandemic right, during yeah. lockdowns and everything. But it's on, it seems to be on pace to outperform Sonic 2 and, or uh, Sonic 1. And I'm um, looking forward to the future of, of this movie oh. universe i guess it's supposed to be a movie universe now they're they're making it a sonic cinematic universe which i love that yeah i'm here for it <laughs> i'm here for it yeah and uh a, a little bit more about the sonic 2 movie um or the sonic movie series going forward apparently jim carrey has talked about potentially retiring soon and um they they've come right out and said they they're not even going to try to replace jim carrey if he retires which i do think is the right move but what he has that? made well, I can't, I, I have ideas, but I can't talk about them because I, you know, I, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. But I, I agree though. Like he has made that version of Robotnik so completely his own that I can't imagine taking that same character and recast. I'm not going to lie. I would totally be down and I'm not kidding. This is not like a, a bit. I would totally be down to see Danny DeVito play Robotnik. The dude is shaped <laughs> like an egg in real Fair life. Fair enough. Fair no. enough. I could see it. You can make I could it work. See yeah. It just, yeah, but I, I, but I feel like I, I'd want if if they did that, I'd want it to be like a, a a relative to that Robotnik because I just feel like that version of Robotnik is it's Jim Carrey. You just, just gotta do what so... they're doing. Like you gotta do like Sonic multiverse, and then you could introduce mm -hmm. like Fat Sonic, an original movie Sonic <laughs> with the weird teeth. There you go. Boom yeah. Sonic. <laughs> Boom yeah. So yeah. Just get all the different Sonics. Boom Sonic, Sonic, get them all in there. Instead of doing Sonic Movie 3, you do Sonic Generations, the movie. And oh then you have Danny DeVito oh. Robotnik. Nice. Classic Robotnik. There you go. Yeah. Actually, Steve, speaking of doing a, like a crossover movie like that, um, not that this is ever going to happen, but I did notice this kind of pop up in the news this week as well. Sonic 2's director, Jeff Fowler, says he wants to make a Smash Brothers movie, which... I mean, I I wouldn't like to make a Smash Brothers movie as well. Everybody, happen, but everyone wants to see that everyone happen. I doubt it will. Movie. That would be but that would imagine. be really hard because I think that some Nintendo IPs lend themselves really well to like 3D mm -hmm. animation, like Mario. Like I think the the right vehicle for Mario is a computer animated movie, like like Sonic, where the character himself is is just a 3D model, you know. But I think like mm -hmm. Metroid would be way better as like a live action. I, I think I Zelda think right. would be would be better yeah. as like an anime or like you know I think it would be different art styles for different movies or for different Nintendo uh, IP, and so I think it would be hard to mash them all up cohesively in like one actual film. Uh, that being said, I would totally watch it. Like if there was a Smash movie, I'd probably enjoy it more than Smash the Game. Like I would just, <laughs> I I would love to see all those characters come together. But also, what kind of story do you write around that? I yeah right. I I almost don't think it even matters. I mean, like, just the the whole point of a Smash Brothers movie would be getting to see all these you know incredible characters cross over and fight each other on the big screen. I think at that point, the story is just like just make something up, just make whatever context <laughs> you need to throw all these characters in a melting pot together. Do I, that, and then let's talk to the races. I know Ash isn't thinking this, but he is essentially describing why people watch porno. Like he is, he's like, oh, I don't care about the story. I just want to see the action. Okay. All of them Fair together. Enough. I, I was not thinking of that. Smashing angle. it out. I see where you're coming from. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would love to see that happen. I don't think it ever will, but it's, hey, it's nice to know that he wants to. Um, the last thing, again, it was a pretty light news week, but the last thing to talk about really quick here is that uh, Universal Studios Hollywood, literally 15 minutes away from where I live, has opened up their feature presentation store for Super Nintendo World. Uh, Wait, Super does it Nintendo actually World open? Itself, well, the feature store is, so or... you can go buy a bunch of merch. But Ash, Super Nintendo World I'm going to Venmo you right now. <laughs> you got it, man. I, I want to go and like take a little video and see what it all looks like because it I, just opened. Yeah, man. I yeah. actually thought that that was uh, just a preview. Like, I read the tweet. I even retweeted the tweet, and I, I just thought mm -hmm. it was like, hey, here's what we will be selling. But if that Bowser shirt, that neon-looking Bowser shirt that kind of fits <laughs> our branding just a little bit, uh -huh. I need that. I need that in my life yeah. real bad. For sure. Well, I, I'm I'm definitely going to go. My, my wife and I were actually just at CityWalk uh, last week for the Kirby and the Forgotten Land, like, 3D walkthrough event. And uh, we were there just before this feature presentation store opened. And so we're going to have to go back. What a shame, right? And uh, check out this store because I'm really curious to see some of the merch they have there uh, in advance of the actual Super Nintendo World opening in 2023, which, dude, we got to make a trip of that, man. Like, Oh, that's happening. You guys got to, yeah, you guys got to come out. We got to go all together. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, that, um, is, that is an event. Like, I, I would even yeah. argue that we need to get John out there for that. Oh, absolutely. I, I would the crew love together. to. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, like I said, not too much news to talk about this week, just a, a few light topics. So let's go ahead and uh, read out a few more Super Chats, and then we will get on to our patron-suggested topics. Uh, first up, we have $2 from Two New Animals. It's a new name. I'm not, uh, I haven't seen that name before. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, saying, Steve, maybe Kirby doesn't like you. A funny <laughs> guess yikes ouch. ouch i mean maybe kirby doesn't yeah <laughs> i don't dislike yeah. kirby i just have some some <laughs> pointed criticisms some mm -hmm. get get your frame rate right kirby i don't want to fight you because i would lose <laughs> yeah. but you, you got some work yeah. to do uh next up is ten dollars from our good friend Mwapi mulinga thank you very much saying ash i didn't know this but uh i didn't know your dad voiced the most badass metal gear character in the twin snakes version of metal gear solid in gray fox also don't play twin snakes it's not good yeah no i've actually talked about that quite a bit before my dad did play gray fox in the twin snakes uh doing the whole snake hurt me more thing and i loved it it was it was kind of a weird thing for me because my dad tends to play goofier characters right like he's you know yakko and animaniacs and Mm -hmm. donatello and Raphael the ninja turtle so he plays lighter hearted characters most of the time but when i was playing twin snakes you know there are cutscenes where snake just kicks the shit out of gray fox and i can tell you as the son of a voice actor or the kid of a voice actor you you never don't hear your parents voice even when they're doing other voices so to me it was like I was hearing my dad just get the get the shit kicked out of him, and it made me really uncomfortable in a way that I had never experienced before. It was really weird, but he did an amazing job. And uh, I'm gonna disagree with you though. I actually I know people don't like the Twin Snakes. I really like it a lot. I thought it was great, and I'm cool with having you know Solid Snake do crazy Matrix stuff, jumping off of missiles. Is it stupid? Yeah, but it's Metal Gear. I I like the over the topness of it. So. Do you guys have any thoughts on on Twin Snakes or my dad's take on Gray Fox? I have never played Twin Snakes. I owned it and I got rid of okay. it because I was an ignorant moron back then. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I, I sold off so many old games in my twenties, and I'm still upset by my behavior. Uh, oh man! So yeah, I owned it and I got rid of it. But I remember thinking it was all right. Like I didn't mind it. I actually quite enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
I, I've only I, played the uh, the original Metal Gear Solid One on PlayStation. I never played the Twin Snakes itself, which is weird because I have a GameCube. But uh, I, I that's something I wish I could play because I wanted to experience like the different perspective with everything. But but yeah, man, your your dad does some fantastic work. I mean, he's credited in Smash Brothers for doing yeah uh, Gray Fox's voice as well. So that's that's. That's wild, and, and yeah, he. Props uh, to him. I believe props to, props to his range, just for the absolute range oh, he yeah. has for for, for uh, roles like that, man. Oh no, he is one of the very top performers in his craft. He's amazing, and uh, yeah, to answer your question, Moon Rota, as Daniel just said, uh, uh, Gray Fox is, is the assist trophy that appears in Smash, which is why he's credited in Smash. They, I think, they just lifted a line. He didn't record anything for it, like yeah. original for it, but they lifted a line from the Twin Snakes, and or a few lines. And used it for the assist trophy. Um, and then Moon Rota says, "Oh God, imagine Ash's dad sitting into his room with that voice. Go to your room. I can only that'd be really <laughs> creepy. <laughs> um, but no, thank you, Mwape. And uh, glad you enjoyed my dad's performance as Gray Fox. Uh, next up is five dollars from Nax Ethan. Thank you. Uh, saying Steve being anti pineapple and Ash being pro pineapple checks out one hundred percent. That makes total sense. <laughs> I don't know. know what that means, but I, sure. You know, honestly, Ash and I never have an issue picking out where to eat when we're hanging out. Like we actually eat a no. lot of the same stuff. Uh, yeah. And and we actually have very similar opinions on video games too. Like the Kirby is probably the one thing aside from pineapple on pizza that we we definitely disagree on uh mm -hmm. but i would say if any if i had a, a i would say derek would be more like my my opposite in terms of like tastes uh -huh. and, and opinions on things uh but that's always good like any any group of friends should have like differing opinions uh, otherwise exactly. we'd all be here talking about how things are great or bad <laughs> in equal measure right. all the time I mean, I mean, even if everyone else's opinions other than mine are wrong, you know, that's not their fault. Kidding, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, okay. But no, it, it, it is it is so important to have a wide, diverse range of opinions in a group of friends like this. And I think we 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 nail that vibe very well in terms of having those varying opinions on different things. Um, Story Smith with nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Thank you very much. Saying I knew a girl that added pickles to her homemade ice cream sandwiches. Whoa. What? Why? And I. Do you still know oh, her? Because no. if not, get far away. That's weird, man. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> I don't is. Know. I don't know about that. That is uh that is yeah. what we call a red flag. Yeah, <laughs> I do know about that. That I would never ever even consider putting that in. Can you imagine yeah. they make you an ice cream treat just for you and then you take a bite and you just hear a big old crunch of a <laughs> oh. <laughs> just like oh, oh please. That sounds like you? a prank. Like that sounds like something you would do to really mess with someone's day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something's not quite that egregious because it wasn't like anything really gross that shouldn't be in, in the food that I was eating. But I was actually having some of my wife's leftover ramen. She gave me the rest of her uh, ramen from a couple of days ago. And I was drinking the broth and I forgot for just the briefest moment that she loves mushrooms. And she got double mushrooms in oh. her ramen. So I got a big old mouthful of mushrooms and I it was so gross. I As you can tell, I'm not a mushroom fan. And it was just... See, we so agree gross. on that. I like mushrooms. Okay, nice. Oh, you do? Okay. I enjoy mushrooms. Yeah, steamed mushrooms are probably my preferred way, but... This is but why you're them. a superhuman, and me and Ash are just normal people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you look at I, a mushroom yeah, and you see a meal. It. I look at it and I see... Well, not by itself. I need to have something <laughs> complimenting it. If I just eat the mushroom, mm -hmm. then I uh, it's, it's not a good time. But yeah, right. very selective of how I have it. 
Um, all right. Well, one more super chat from now uh, for now, and that is uh, Aramis Bearmus with an incredibly generous fifty dollars. Thank you. Oh my goodness. So much wow, for your generosity, you. Aramis. Yeah, and uh, you say can't tune in live this week, but wanted to show some support. Again, love what y'all do. Well, thank you so much for your support, thank you. for caring about yeah. what we do, and for the incredibly generous donation, Aramis. That is uh, very kind of you, and you are a more recent addition to our community, and we are so happy to have you here. It's been a True pleasure getting to know you through the GVG community, and we're happy to have you around, man. All right. Well, we have reached that point in the show where it is time for us to discuss uh, topics uh, topics suggested by our patrons at the producer tier and above. And if you want to find out more about how you can get in on that action, once again, head on over to patreon.com slash gvgaming and check out all the different tiers we offer. But for now, uh, as always, we all select one topic per week. And uh, yeah, so who wants to go first? Daniel, let's let's start with you, man. Okay, let's see here. So the topic I picked this week is by um, Pat Pending, who's simply asking, best doggos in gaming. I refuse to let this topic go. <laughs> I love this. And the, the backstory here, by the way, is that we also do, we let our uh, our patrons at the producer tier and above also uh, vote on weekly discussion topics every week. And those topics are put forth by us. And I put forth best doggos in gaming, and it came in second three weeks in a row, and it didn't quite make it. So <laughs> that's what Pat means when they say they refuse to let this topic go. But Daniel, go for it, man. Give us your best doggos in gaming. Yeah, I won't, I won't let this run too long, but um, let's see. I, I have two. There's uh, Both probably aren't, aren't very surprising for people who know me, but the first one would have to be from Persona 3, uh, Koromaru. He's a he's a little nice. Shiba Inu that joins you uh, as your party member. He was a he's a he's a very good pub, I swear. He's a stray dog. Um, he was actually watching over a shrine for like half a year after his master passed away, and he was just like guarding it for the events of the story happening. You meet him up, and he fights off a shadow before he actually gets like the actual ability to summon a persona to 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 protect the shrine. And uh, he eventually joins you. He has got like a little vest with wings on it. He's very adorable. He's like your mascot <laughs> for that game. He's like the the Teddy or the Morgana of that game. Uh, that's like your, your mascot pet. Uh, very good boy. I wish I wish Derek was here because I know he he uh, plays Persona Three as well. Um, but yeah, that one. And also uh, from Tales of Vesperia, your one of your first party members oh, happens yeah. to be a very smart dog. His name is uh, Repeat, and uh, right. he's. He's he's a freaking badass looking dog. He's got like a scar. He's 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 got a pipe in his mouth and he fights with a blade that he keeps over his shoulder shoulder. Yep. Freaking amazing. I love repeat. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, he's, a, good, he's that's so, a good one. Yeah, he's he's always in your party. Like like mostly always with, with Yuri, just accompanying him all, all the time. Uh he's uh he participates in the skits as well, which is hilarious because while all the uh -huh. party members are talking, he's he has a he has a skit portrait as well as like all the other party members, but he'll almost see only contribute a single bark throughout the entire skit it's just great and, <laughs> yeah uh, i remember yeah, that yeah yeah it's a good one uh it's so oh. funny because though we're just real quick the the koromaru or no, koromaru, uh repeat looks so much like a polymute from uh monster hunter rise and uh like like just mm -hmm. the the coloring the, the silent design so i named it does well, I, it? When, when i when i did a little demo of it i named mine repeat and it just it's so fitting <laughs> but but yeah mm -hmm. those are my doggos nice nice steve what about you man nice. All right, so I I have two as well, technically three, but okay. um, so the first one is technically two dogs because the only thing better than a dog is two dogs, uh, Very true. and it is the the kind of duo dog from Fogs, 
a P-H-O-G-S. Oh, Which is okay. short for physics dogs. And it's like a tube, <laughs> tube-shaped tube two-headed dog. <laughs> and it's ridiculously cute. It's like a co-op game. Each person controls one half of the dog. And you have to solve puzzles. Uh, I played it years ago at this point. But uh, ended up picking it up for Switch when it came out in 2020. And uh, which is also years ago now that I say it out loud, <laughs> but um, it, it's just they're they're adorable. They're cute. They're very cartoony. There's not a lot I can say, but if you haven't tried Fogs, there's a free demo on the Switch. You should absolutely give it a shot. It's a really fun couch co-op game with two adorable puppers that are just it, it's heartwarming. It's really wholesome. I love that game. Uh, the other dog, and I have to choose it because it's part of GVG canon is Caesar from Wargroove, who is also known as John. Oh. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so for those of you that don't know the backstory on that, uh, Caesar, uh, Wargroove is like a, a wannabe Advance Wars, essentially. Like it is a spiritual, I'm not going to say successor because it's like a completely different setting, but it feels and plays a lot like the old Advance Wars games on the GBA. Uh, and Caesar is just a dog that you can have in your party. Like, he's, he's an actual combatant, and you can just fight with this dog. He's badass. Like, he has the best nice. detection skills of, like, anybody. So if you send him out as a scout, like, he could see way far across the map just because, well, he's a dog, and dogs are awesome. Um, Hell yeah. But, yeah, I, I originally, a uh, little, little bit of backstory. I tried at one point unsuccessfully to get uh, the developers of Wargroove to license us to make a shirt of, like, the dog, but redrawn with, like, John's face. Uh, like the, the artist involved was all for it, but the powers that be just didn't, didn't let it happen. So that's what happened there. But Caesar's, Caesar's best boy. I love that dog. Nice. Nice. Well, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to, to safely assume that the only reason neither of you have mentioned rush so far is because you knew that I had to mention rush, uh, that certainly you didn't forget about him, but of course there can be no conversation about the best doggos in gaming without rush. You know, Mega Man's got the best boy. He can, you know, he's got a dog who can literally turn into a trampoline, a jet, a submarine, one, a bike. One a, might argue that that of... makes him not a dog. He's a robo dog. Robot, he's a robot dog. dog. He's the best robo boy. <laughs> no, come on, it's Rush, oh, no. man. He's yeah, it's Rush. You can't you can't talk about the best doggos. In the oh game man, Poochie! I forgot about Poochie. Oh, Poochie's a good one. Which oh yeah. One as well. Does, does uh, Amaterasu get to enter into the dog conversation? That's what I was about to say. Is Amaterasu I, I like... because literally, like she is one of the best dogs in gaming. Okami is my second favorite game of all time. There is no way in hell she doesn't count. Absolutely, Ami and or Ami and Rush are two of my are my two biggest answers. But I also gotta uh, show Ace Attorney some love too. There are two adorable little dogs in the Ace Attorney series. Uh, Missile from the original trilogy and Toby from the Great Ace Attorney 2. They are both adorable and they they help with investigations and they're just cute and they're awesome. Um, I mean, all dogs are awesome. That's just a universal truth, but they're they're pretty damn cool. And then I also have to shout out uh, Dogami and Dogaressa from Undertale because that was one of the funniest mini boss fights in that whole game. <laughs> and the the way you have to like defeat them is really funny. Nice. I just oh. love. I'll never forget like the the sign that says "Warning, dog marriage," and then you walk away, and then you read the sign again, and it says, "Yes, you read that correctly." <laughs> yep. Yeah. So good. Undertale's oh. so well written. I also just yeah, have to no, point I, uh... out every yamper 
Yamper is a good boy. Yamper. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, but uh, but cool. All right. Well, thank you for that question. I'm so glad we finally got to talk about the best doggos in gaming. I still can't believe that discussion topic just barely missed winning three weeks in a row. But what are you going to do? We got to talk about it here, and that's what matters. Yeah. Uh, Steve, what's your topic for, these, for this week, man? All right. Mine comes uh, courtesy of Critter XD, who asks, which game announcement made you the most hyped? And I thought that was a fun one to tell a little personal anecdote. Um, okay. So so my favorite game announcement comes out of E3 2015. I had been going to E3 for a couple years at this point, but this was the first time that I was uh, well-known enough, we'll just say. Like, I, I don't feel I'm well-known now, but enough to where Sony would invite me to their press conference and they, they would let me, you know, they, they invited me to come watch. And so being my very first Sony presser that I got to go to, uh, nice. I showed up super early. And one, for someone who's just getting like, I don't want to say just getting started because I'd been working in games for years at this point, but just getting to the point where you really get to like talk to other people in the industry and you're no longer just like a freelancer, you know, uh, I got to meet like Tim Schaefer and a bunch of other cool people just waiting. Um, you know, I, I got, some information about street fighter four, which or street fighter five, which was then an as yet, like just barely released game. Um, so like someone had told me like all the characters that were coming in the first wave of DLC and it turned out to be right. And I wrote a report on it and nobody picked it up. I was upset, but the big thing <laughs> was that I sat down. So I, I was like right in the front row, like very close up. Like, so Sony reserves like a block of seats for their people. And I was in the first row of seats behind the ones that were reserved for Sony. It was hot as hell. It was super uncomfortable. But I was sitting there and I was thinking, like, what would be my ideal, like, E3 presser? And Sony at E3 2015 was it. Because I remember sitting sitting in there and hearing Final Fantasy VII music and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, God. They're going to announce a new Final Fantasy VII thing. It's going to be a remake. And I was like, this yep. can't be happening. This is ridiculous. And I'm popping off. I'm losing my mind, right? And I don't remember, like, how much time elapsed between this. But I'm losing – I'm still, like, shaking about Final Fantasy VII Remake, like, seeing it, you know, and just being like, holy shit, Square finally did it. And then Yu Suzuki comes out. And I'm like, this can't be. I was like, they're not mm-hmm. going to do it. Like, there's no chance. He's get, he's being trotted out for something stupid. And then they start playing Shenmue music, and I started losing my goddamned yep. mind. Like, they, this was when they announced, of course, Shenmue 3. I'm crying literal tears, like, just sitting mm-hmm. there so dumbfounded. It was the one of the happiest, hypest moments of my life. I remember sitting in my seat not believing what I just witnessed and saying like, I'm never missing an E3 ever again. Like I will never not go to E3. And Uh it's because of that. Like I could not believe that it took 18 years for them to announce it. And that I happened to be in the front row of the goddamn audience when they did. (laughs) Like I was, I was losing my mind. You can see me like in clips. Like there's a guy who stands up right behind me and is like, Oh my God. And I'm like sitting there, in the corner of that clip like sobbing (laughs) i love it yeah dude that conference was the stuff of dreams i was there too and it was being there for that was just one of my favorite e3 conferences of all time i'm so glad i got to experience that 
in person. Um, yeah, no, I totally hear you. That was an incredible year. Yeah, we didn't uh, even know each other yet. Yet we were in the no. same room watching the we same were, thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Danny, what about you, man? What uh, what game announcement has made you the most hyped? Oh, man. Um, funny enough, I feel like there's almost a tie between the same franchise of both Metroid Prime 4. Just the announcement, the fact that we're getting a Prime after all these years, and then mm -hmm. Metroid Dread, just the fact that the announcement that we're finally getting a Dread after, <laughs> after all these years. Yeah. I think just the fact that there's so much space, so much time in between like the previous entry or or just like musings of of the uh the rumored title <clears throat> to it actually being shown and, and and coming to fruition is just something that just still wows me today is the fact that we have an actual metroid dread in my switch right now or that prime 4 mm -hmm. is hopefully <laughs> coming one day because um metroid prime is how i was introduced to the metroid series honestly like the an actual first title that i played um met Samus through smash but i didn't actually play a uh a metroid game until prime so that series holds a special place for me and i'm really excited for when that comes out but um yeah it's just a nice and short answer just it's probably one of the, the the biggest ones that comes to mind right now as far as like immediate uh like like announcements that made me super hyped when i heard them nice well i have both i have i have a couple of wholesome answers for this one as well as a kind of a dark answer oh, um no. certainly <laughs> yeah well, so certainly, you know, there have been some recent examples of games I've popped off on stream about getting announced, like the Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series. I've been oh. waiting for those, you know, for the Klonoa remakes forever, and I Can't popped wait. off when they finally got announced. Uh, I'm so excited for that. Uh, same thing with uh, the, the Team and T collection. Shredder's Revenge actually was a big one when they when they announced Shredder's Revenge. I lost my mind. Oh, that game um, is so good. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait, and the collection. But that's you know more of a collection of old games and like the announcement of a new game. Um, and I was really, really excited when they first announced both Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy and uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. Also, happy 20th anniversary, Kingdom Hearts, um, because I, you know, I love rhythm games, I love video game music, and I love Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts. So that was really exciting for me. And uh, of course, I got to throw out Mega Man 11 because it had been so long <laughs> since we had gotten a Mega Man game. And not only Ooh. that, but we had never gotten one since Mega Man 8 that actually faced forward instead of trying to go back and do the Neo Retro thing, which that's cool. But we had never, we hadn't had a current generation Mega Man game since Mega Man 8 back on PS1 and Saturn. So that was really exciting. Uh, but I, the reason I mention all those is because those are all wholesome. They get, they made me genuinely happy. But probably the the game announcement I've, I've ever been, or I've been most hyped for in my life in my life was for a game that never ended up coming out and it still hurts all these years oh later. god i know where we're and going it's actually not mega man Le well mega man legends 3 counts as well oh, that's pretty okay. dark oh. too but it's actually not all thinking right. mega man legends 3 i'm going well, we talked about the chrono series today in oh. this very episode chrono break i remember i remember right, right. the night that i was on my parents' desktop Mac. That's how long ago this was. There, I was on uh, our my parents' desktop desktop iMac, I think, browsing you know internet gaming news, and you know back in the old days of the internet. And I remember reading the headline that Square had registered a trademark for Chrono Break, and I I melted. I melted. I was just so happy. And then, of course, we all know where that went. It went nowhere. <laughs> it went absolutely nowhere. Uh, Square let the trademark expire. And all these years later, we still have no third Chrono, chrono game, Chrono Break or not. So 
that one hurts. I honestly, yeah, the, the two most hype game announcements in my life were for games that never came out. Chrono Break and Mega Man Legends 3. So that sucks. But the hype at the time was really exciting. So I can you know I can at least always remember how I felt at the time at the time they were actually factually announced. But if it if it oh makes well. you feel any better, and I just Googled mm-hmm. it because I, I remembered Chrono Break, but I didn't remember much of the story around it. Apparently all the work they did on Chrono Break was was reworked into Final Fantasy right. Dimensions 2, which doesn't I look heard very that. good. Yeah, I, I heard that as well, and it kind of makes me want to go play it, but I also don't love playing games on my phone, and I yeah. just, you know, it's, it's still right. It's repurposed, right, in a different context. Like, we'll never know exactly what that content was going to be representing right. in the context of Chrono's universe, and True. that's just, that hurts. It hurts to know that, that we almost got a third Chrono game I way will, back when and it just never happened i do have to say i i have to give a special shout out though to sonic mania because when oh, that yeah. game oh, got right. announced yeah, i true. lost my mind and were it not for like Me the earth shattering combination of final mm-hmm. fantasy 7 and shenmue 3 in the same damn conference i probably would have sonic mania as my top uh most hype announcement of all time i watched that trailer oh, probably yeah no joke hundreds if not like a thousand times oh was, yeah i, I was you. in love Absolutely. with that you know and i still absolutely love that game it, it is one of the few modern sequels to like a beloved franchise that for me like stands tall with like the 8 and 16 you know, well in the case of sonic with the 16 and 32 bit variations sure. like it is i would put that up against and say it's probably in my mind better than the original trilogy of sonic games mm-hmm no, you know what? I, I completely co-signed with you on that. I lost my mind at the Sonic Mania reveal. And even better, Steve, I wish you could have been there, but I was lucky enough to be at the at the anniversary party in oh. person where they announced it. And I was, because I know the stream was, you know, we all know the yeah. stream. Oh, was boy. But I was there in person. And Steve, let me tell you, man, the room was electrified. The energy in that room when that trailer popped off for the first time was absolutely electrifying and i'll never forget it as long as oh I oh my god to have have to, yeah, getting to be there in person for that was such an incredible privilege and uh, i wish you could have been there with me man because it was it was oh. a special moment sega sure. make Sisa. sonic mania 2 <laughs> right come on already we've got two um, feature length films since that game came out i just need a yeah. 16-bit sonic again exactly yeah same uh all right well then that brings us to my topic this week, which comes from Jason Uloa, uh, who asks, when given the option in an RPG or any game that offers a choice, do you prefer your player character be the same gender as your own or the opposite? Is it always the same choice, or do you like to switch it up depending on the game? And that's a really interesting question. Um, really, for me, what it comes down to is which, you know, in in the game, uh, which gender has cooler designs and, and design options and hairstyle options? Because... <laughs> I often find that female, like, you know, creative characters end up having cooler designs, like the more than more hairstyles you can choose from and stuff. And so, for example, like Splatoon, I play as Inkling Girl all the time because she's so much cooler looking than the, than the Inkling Boys, I think. And so for me, it just comes down to aesthetics. I, I have no problem playing as my own gender, but I also have no problem playing as the opposite gender. Uh, I just want to play as whoever looks the coolest to me. And it seems to me most of the time that female characters get a wider option or a wider range of like, you know, 
hairstyle options and clothing options and stuff, but that doesn't mean that I won't play as a male character. It just depends on who has the cooler designs in the game I'm playing. But uh, what about you guys? Where do you fall on this? Hmm. For this one, um, I was looking at this question too before we before we started, and this is a. I think it depends on the context of what kind of kind of game I'm playing. I noticed that on on games where it's it's literally supposed to be like me in like a sim, like for so say for Animal Crossing, for Stardew Valley, those kind of games, I'll always mm. pick like male and name them name them after myself. You know, I'll, I'll do something. I mostly do that for that kind because it's I'm gonna be spending a long time and it, it with that game, and I'm mostly doing things that tailor like what I would do in that situation. Uh, a lot of other games, I'll play as a female instead because it's just cool to say that you can be like like the the a female as a, a main protagonist for a lot of these things. It's just like games like Pokemon. I, I think I've been playing as a the, the female trainer for a long time now, as as far as uh, mm -hmm. uh, like recent titles go. And then uh, it, there's games that give you a choice if you can choose like male or female version. I would go for the female, like with Fire Emblem as well. Uh, female Byleth. Female Corrin, I think they're the superior Same. designs for for Agreed. those characters. As you mentioned, they tend to have a, a more appealing design or more interesting design. Uh, I guess people will have questions will question Violet sometimes for the for the tights, but um, I still think <laughs> that that uh, <laughs> these characters are are more uh, well designed in that sense. But uh, but yeah yeah, it's, I think it depends. Like if it's a character within the within the core of the story that's not necessarily me, I'll probably choose female. And if it is. Like just like yeah, for for Sims, I'll just choose male for myself. I just name after me. That's usually my mm -hmm. my my system for that. Nice, so, nice. For for me, I I almost always go with the male uh, protagonist. It's okay. really just because I, I mean, I identify as male, so like it's easier for me to kind of insert myself into the game. Uh, where you know, especially if I'm creating a character, right. If it's a choice mm -hmm. between, like, uh, for instance, like Assassin's Creed, where I can have, like, Eivor be a man or a woman, I'll usually choose mm -hmm. the woman. I don't care. I think it's kind of cool in, in that regard to be, like, a badass, you know, uh, pre-made character. But when I have to create a character, mm -hmm. like, I have a really hard time putting myself into the body of a woman. You know, like, it, it's just difficult for me to, like, to, to stay like immersed in the game that way just because that's my oh, really? experience is, is having been a you know a man um or or an approximation thereof <laughs> but my uh <laughs> my um especially where it's like in games where there's romance options like it kind of takes me out of it to like i lose interest in the romancing aspect when i don't feel like i'm the character or i'm playing the character uh fire emblem for me is really uh like one of those ones where I played my male Byleth, even though I thought female Byleth was cooler, uh, mm -hmm. just because it was like easier for me to, yeah, you know, put myself in her shoes, so to speak, but or put myself in his mm -hmm. shoes, um, which I still need to play through all of that. Like I was like, oh, I'm gonna romance every single character, and then I, I think I romanced Edelgard, and that was it, and that was like not oh, a okay. good choice. <laughs> I chose right. wrong, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I just think for me personally, it's it's easier for me to like stay engaged with the character and care more about them if it's if, if it's someone that reflects how I how I feel on the inside, really. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. I don't know what the difference but, is for me. I just like I mean, like you, I, oh, I identify I'm, as a male, but I just don't really have a problem. It, I don't find it difficult to and in, to insert myself. I'm, I, I guess, feel like. The, I'm in the minority there because literally everyone sure. I know plays female mm -hmm. characters. Like my my, mm -hmm. 
Uh, my brother-in-law was playing Cyberpunk, and his V is female. My dad, I bought him a copy of Cyberpunk because he thought it was really cool, and he plays a female V also. Like, everybody, all of my friends, when they have the option to create a character, they create a female character. I'm like, I don't know. Like, it just kind of takes me out of it, but... I mean, sure. I, I clearly yeah. am, am in the uh, in the wrong on this one. Like, I don't know how to, <laughs> but I, I just, can't. Yeah. yeah, for me, it's like the character, I have to feel like I could inhabit the character and I just have a, like a harder time inhabiting a female character when it's a created character. Like, I think that's the distinction for me. Right. If it's like, I don't mind playing, if I have the choice between scripted characters, I generally go for the female character because I find their motivations mm -hmm. to be more interesting in general. Uh, mm -hmm. but when it's like a, a creative character, I always am in the mindset of like, oh, I'm creating me. Like I'm making myself. And, and I think just because of how I identify, I, I just go towards male because that's, you know, that's how I, how I present and how I, sure. how I feel like, you know, that's, I, I am creating an avatar for myself essentially. Gotcha. I also yeah. try to make the character look like me, which is horrifying <laughs> mm -hmm. sometimes. Like, I don't <laughs> right. know what it is about my distinct set of facial features, but it comes out wrong, like, every single time. I've made characters, and, like, I I'm like, that oh, problem, that, yeah. that nose looks like mine. Those eyes look like mine. That mouth and that chin looks like mine. And then I put it together. I was like, what happened? I look like old yeah. yogurt. This is terrifying. Like <laughs> <laughs> Old yogurt. I have the same like, issue. Oh, the, no, only, I... the only, like, custom character that looks, that I've tried to create that looks like me, that looks any sort of okay is my me but like anything yeah. with a more realistic character creator i try to make myself and it turns out what it whatever it turns out is horrifying it should never be seen by the world <laughs> that's why that's why me are genius cool. because they're just they're just approximations that are close enough to recognize them but not so detailed that they become terrors to look at they're right just yeah, a right exactly. that but yeah I, I i get that perspective like some people want to see themselves but i think it's just for me it's as simple as i want to see the the girl be the hero i, I think that's is the, that's the very basic thing for mm -hmm. me is just to see that i guess i don't right. see them as myself i just see them as another character experiencing that journey if it, if it needs to be an avatar yeah sure. i i do want to point this out somebody mentioned that yeah like dying light 2 has a character that looks very much like me like yeah eerily like me which yeah, is really upsetting mm -hmm. when i see it and i'm like Every game I've ever tried to make myself in, I look terrible. Final Fa <laughs> yeah. Rogers Base actually actually tweeted a screenshot of Final Fantasy XIV. Apparently, it has an NPC that looks a lot like me too. So oh, apparently, I'm just a generic background guy. Like Steve Bowling <laughs> is going to be like the 2020s equivalent of like the shaved head protagonist that was so popular in like the early 2000s. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> you're just going to see a bunch of me in different games now. <laughs> right uh moon rota and our live audience chat i heard the same thing you did and i was going to hold back which is unusual for me because usually when there's low-hanging fruit at you know potty humor to be had i take it but i was holding myself back but because you said it i'm going to say it too uh quoting you steve i have a hard time getting into a woman's body steve 2022 <laughs> yeah that's, i heard that's it going on out it. of context i'm sure in the... it absolutely is um but thank you for the question jason that was a really good one and uh thank you to uh, as always to all of our patrons who submitted topics each week we really appreciate it and uh we're looking forward to uh whatever you guys submit next week uh with yeah. that said we have some more super chats to read out before the end of the show so let's go ahead and uh get right into those First is Chan John Nguyen with $1.99. I'm sorry if I mispronounced any of that. I hope I didn't. Uh, saying, just learned Chrono Cross runs at 9 FPS on PS5. Wow. Yeah, I've oh heard. God. 
I've heard particularly bad things about is... Chrono Cross, how it runs on the current gen consoles, PS5 and, ser- and Xbox Series. Wow. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. And thank you for your for your super chat, Sean. Uh, next is Mr. Dwayne191 with $4.99 uh, saying, Good evening, guys. Just saw the Sonic movie too, and it was phenomenal. Seeing this film gives me more hope for the Super Mario Ooh. movie to be very good. Well, Dwayne, I'm so happy you enjoyed it. As I said earlier in the show, I did too. I loved it. I think Daniel did as well. And we'll be talking, yeah. we'll be doing a spoiler cast of Sonic 2 next week at some point. Uh, but we, we want to give you know people plenty of time to see it and not get spoiled and stuff. So Definitely. thank you. Uh, next is Player West with a donation just shy of 10 euro. Thank you so much. Saying thanks for saving me 20 bucks. You can have half of it. I think you're talking <laughs> about Chrono Cross. So you're very welcome. <laughs> Hopefully the issues get ironed out. Hopefully, you know, few weeks from now a month from now it'll be a much more attractive package because it is such a special game and it deserves better so fingers fingers crossed um next is tune j723 with five dollars thank you very very much uh suggesting they can replace dr robotnik with dr eggman and make a meta joke about it that's a great idea if jim carrey (laughs) does retire and doesn't want to come back for sonic 3 then yeah there's there's a way they could do that with you know just introducing eggman and and making it a meta joke. I think that could work. Yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, next is two pounds from Alan Wilkinson. Thank you. Uh, saying, I only want a smash movie if it involves Mark Ruffalo, but who would Mark Ruffalo play? <laughs> Ganondorf. There <laughs> <laughs> you go, Ganondorf. <laughs> I guess I could maybe see him as like Robin or something. I don't know. I don't even know who he'd play, but I do love Mark Ruffalo. He's an amazing actor. So I, I, I hear you in terms of, him elevating such a movie, uh, but I want a Smash he'll, movie regardless. He'll 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 don the mask of Captain Falcon, and he'll be yeah. There you go. Oh my God, Mark Ruffalo, Captain Falcon, that would be <laughs> incredible. I love that. Uh, next is uh, Lizard eighty one two eighty eight with five dollars. Thank you, and you've got a really interesting question asking if Kirby inhaled the GVG cast, what copy abilities would he get? And I assume you mean uh, the crew, each one of he us. He would he would get editing skills. Great charisma, and he'll be able to make all his own thumbnails. There we go. Nice. There you go. Nice. I like it. Yeah, I was taking I was taking it too literally. I was gonna say, well, for me, he would probably oh. get like ice because I love I always talk about how much I love cold weather and I just thrive in cold weather. But yes, I guess if you if you just in a general sense, <laughs> yeah, you get thumbnail making What's skills, it? video editing skills, charisma, rhythm gaming skills. What would his hat what you, look Steve? like? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Just a, Steve's like Steve's mustache, uh, Brandon's beard, my headband, Derek's glasses, and Ash's love of Mega Man. Ash's Mega Man helmet. Like he just gets my, a Mega, my Man Mega Man helmet. helmet. There you go. So basically, this would be like, uh, and, like and, a... and John's voice. There he has John's voice. John, oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> so this is clearly Oil. like a like a Full Metal Alchemist, like Eldritch Chimera type <laughs> abomination that's going to be resulting from all this. Oh, that was a great question. Thank you, Lizard. Uh, all right, a couple of more here. Uh, first is Skull Kid Tiger with $5. Thank you so much. Saying, for Steve, if you are right about the Sonic 2 thing, I raise you a second chili dog, and you must consume it like Batman eats a hot dog. Wait, how does Batman eat a hot dog? What? I I assume he eats a hot dog like everybody else, but I don't <laughs> I, know. I, I don't know that I can <laughs> well, agree to this until I know exactly what I'm signing up for. Does he I, eat I like, like a yeah. corn cob? <laughs> like, what does he do with it? Right. And, cons- and I'm in, I'm implicated in this too because I co-signed with you on that, Steve. So if we were right, then I have also have to do this, and I don't know if I want to until I know how Batman eats a hot dog. Yeah. Also, how big is yeah. the chili dog? 
because I mean, depending on his method of consumption and the size, I may be physically incapable. I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. It's an OG uh, well, YouTube video. That sounds like a post show reference. So. Oh, it sure does. It sure does. Well, speaking of the post show, we are going to do that uh, very soon, right after this show right here. But we have one more super chat to read out, and it's an incredibly generous one. Master C with 79 Australian dollars and 99 wow. Australian cents. Wow. wow. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you. Uh, and your messages. Just want to say that I look forward to GVG cast every week as well as your other content and have been loving it. Much love from over in Australia. Well, Master C, thank you so much. And this seems to come up every week, but every time we get love from across the world, it is so humbling to, to know that people are yeah. loving our content and, and that we're reaching people across the world and that what we do matters to you from all the way across the world. So thank you very much. And thank you so much for the donation. Yeah, thank you. And that, yeah. as they say, is that we have reached the end of episode eight of the GVG cast. Thank you as always for hanging out with, with us. We love doing this with you every week. Uh, once again, if you want to find out how you can uh, suggest topics for us to discuss every week on GVG cast, be part of the live audience that you can see on screen, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash GV gaming. We offer a variety of tiers. You can uh, support us at, but uh, for now we do have to give a special thank you to all of our pr uh, patrons at the producer tier and above, because without your support, this show would not be happening. So thank you a million times over for everything you do for us. And also, as always, we have to give an extra special thank you to all of our patrons at the executive producers here and above. And those fine, amazing, wonderful, incredible folks include Brandon Bovia, Cutie Caitlin, Fangs, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Eastman 23, Adam O'Sullivan, Richard Herrera, Logan Daniel, Christopher Bakke, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, BeardJ373, CritterXD, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Joshua Hunter, Benny Yao, Azran127, Black King, Pagrima, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Kyle, Top Dog23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Showmix, Andrew, Andrew Medeiros, Orem, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Killamox, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, Kenneth Lee Stingle, Jessica Toad, Deanit, Sci-Fi Lullabies, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Justin Matthews, Hoobie, Too Much Spaghetti, No Such Thing, Mega Conrad, Askeron 809, Ryaner, Captain Finlandia, Nathan Steele, Spicy Pand Otter, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Super Gamer Dude 101, Grantles, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Rosa Pardo Bowling. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Kane Woolley, Skull Kid Tiger, Darksteel 01, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Cystic Warrior 29, DJ Jurassic, Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy, Dinner Sonic, Darik, Jeff Ed, Nova the Artist, Stagnasty, Mumbling Yeti, Cameron Sharp, Screamo Shaman, Mason Riley, Keel, Willow Pingree, Santi the Person, Brendan Hesse, Hustlebun, Noah Fitterer, Calvin Atkinson, Ryan's Fault, Brainchild, Pat Pending, Jim Wakelin, Lauren Bond, Sridhar Ayala, Gavin Twaddle, Andy Mine P, Add, and finally, last but certainly not least, 
Jughead870. Thank you all so much for your support. We love you all so much and just love having you in our community. And as a reminder, thanks to our uh, recently uh, announced patron, Nova the Artist, we are giving away a code for Horizon Forbidden West in our Discord server. And once again, you can get into, get into that by checking us out over on patreon.com slash gbgaming. But even if you can't support us on Patreon, if you could just drop a like and a subscribe right here on YouTube, that would mean the world to us as every little bit really does help as we grow. With that said, we're about to head off to our Patreon-exclusive post show, so you all have a wonderful night, a wonderful weekend, and we will see you next week. Good night and good vibes. Bye, everybody. Bye. Till we meet again. <laughs>